Do you find yourself constantly living in your thoughts? Struggling to be present in the reality? Going over and over and over in the things that you would like to do or that you would like to have or that who you want to be? Today we're going to unpack this nasty cycle that we live in in our thoughts and how it impacts everything we do from the behaviors that we perform to the relationships that we have. Before we jump into the show, I wanted to give you guys a quick update on a really cool collaboration we have going right now. If you've been following the show for a while, you know how important it is for your gut health to be at optimal functioning. And one of the ways to do that is through things like probiotics and prebiotics. And if you've listened to the show, you also know how challenging it can be to find good supplementation for that. And so it's one of the reasons that Mental Maps has decided to collaborate with Just Thrive Health. This is a really great company who focuses on making spore-based probiotics. Uh, if you're new to that, you can go back to some of the other episodes, primarily with like Dr. Krishnan, who discusses how important that version of a probiotic and prebiotic are. And so one of the things that we've done with Just Thrive is to give people an opportunity to try these supplements. You can use the discount code MAPS. It's capital M, capital A, capital P, capital S. We'll also put that on our Instagram and in the show notes. And you can use that to get 15% off of any of your purchases. So go ahead, try that out at Just Thrive. I use it. I've really been impressed with the effects it's had not only on my overall gut health, but mental health. And so I would recommend you guys check that place out. So it's justthrivehealth.com. Welcome back to Mental Maps. As always, I hope this finds you well, no matter what season of life that you're in. So as we jump in today, we're going to talk about a concept that I think hits very near and dear to a lot of people because many people are experiencing this in their day-to-day life. And it's ultimately one of the main reasons people don't achieve any goal that they set out for themselves or any type of change that they set out for themselves. There's a lot of different ways to identify and discuss this concept. I've labeled it the self-pleasure cycle. There's a lot of other different definitions out there. Probably one of the most pop culture and the things you'll see on social media is the, the term mental masturbation. But the whole concept of it is this pleasure that you're really giving yourself mentally to a thought and or a concept which then ultimately leads into you not doing something. There's a lot of different def- different definitions about what this looks like and what this is. There's a great article in Forbes that was really discussing this concept as it's kind of grown into more pop culture over the past probably six to eight months. And they identify mental masturbation as the act of following intellectual ideas that are born out of excitement and or novelty but offer little value to you or your real-life goals. Another great one is the Urban Dictionary. Urban Dictionary is a very funny um app to use to just different ways of different words you just don't think about and one of the things it talks about is that the intellectual activity serves no practical purpose and i think that's something that's important in all of it is that the thoughts you're having isn't setting a goal or making an objective or having a desire or something you want but it serves no purpose in that moment outside of what it's giving you from a self-seeking perspective so what we're going to do today is we're going to, t- we're going to discuss this topic, why we do it, why our brains prefer to do it, and then ultimately what's coming out of it. So what is this self-pleasure cycle? So as we just said before, the mental masturbation is that this, it's this 
pleasurable thought that you're having that has no meaningful action. And so what that means is that are, are you living kind of in this daydreamy world and you're not doing anything to move forward with it? So this is the person who hates their job, wants to leave their job, constantly fantasizes about leaving their job every day but doesn't do anything to change their career in any way. This is a person who constantly thinks about how they want to be fit and how, what they're going to look like and the interactions they're going to have and what their life's going to be like if they were to lose that weight or gain that muscle, but they're not even going to the gym. Or it's the person who thinks about what their life would look like if they go on this specific adventure or they move to this certain place or they learn this new skill and they think about it constantly and they run through this thought all the time of what this is going to look like, but they're not doing anything to achieve it. And you may think like, well, this is kind of like how goals are made. And to a point it is. But the difference is, is you're stuck in this cycle of this is what it would be like. This is how I would feel if I'd done it. And then you don't do anything from there. And so you're kind of caught in that without making a goal. And this is why many people find themselves not moving forward with that desire or want that sets inside of them. And so these different, there's different versions of these thoughts. You know, there's the thoughts of like things that you want to achieve, whether you want to, you know, get certain objects or buy certain things or buy, you know, buy a home or buy a boat or, you know, move to another place or live in a certain place. It's like what we would consider to be a goal, but you're just constantly thinking about what that would look like without doing it. There's another concept of it about analyzing yourself. So this is the person who finds themselves constantly in the self-help stuff, whether they're listening to numerous podcasts such as this one and not applying any of the things that come from it. They're reading all these books they're, and they're just constantly thinking about, oh, this is what it's going to look like to do it, but yet they don't do any of the actions that are required to apply the things that they're reading or they're studying. And then ultimately, you're dreaming of the results that come from this, whether it's the self-help concepts, it's the, the, the changes that you're making in your life, whatever it is, this is what you're focused on. And it, one thing to think about is like, if your mindset is this is what I want or this is what I'm excited about, and that's as far as it moves, this is what I want, this is what I want. This is what I want. This is what I'm excited about. This is what I'm... Then you're really caught in this cycle because there's nothing coming from it outside of the concept of one. And so you may think like, why would the brain want to do this? Why would the brain want to just live in itself? Why do we just want to live into our own selves? And from a neurobiological standpoint, it makes a lot of sense. So ultimately, these pleasurable thoughts, these desires and wants that don't move any further create a, a very nice dopaminergic experience. So we know that pleasure comes out of dopamine, a little bit of serotonin, but a lot of dopamine is where our pleasure and happiness and those things come from. And so when we're thinking about these experiences or these wants or these desires, we're getting some dopamine from this. Our brain is responding positively. There's great research that shows when you think of a very pleasurable activity, the amount of dopamine you can receive just from thinking about it. But the downfall of this is that you're not doing anything to achieve it. Now, the brain really would prefer higher dopamine levels, and we know that the harder that you work for something, once you achieve it, that dopamine is much higher than, say, thinking about doing something. However, as we've talked about before in this podcast, the brain really prefers to conserve its resources. 
And so one way to conserve resources is not do a lot or maybe live in your head. And so if I'm getting a dopamine experience with minimal resource usage, the brain's going to prefer that. And so you can find yourself being okay with not moving forward in that moment because the dopamine is worth it and there's no resources being used. It's much easier to think about what your body would look like and how your life would be working out than to go work out and expend those resources. It's much easier to think about what your life would look like if you move to that that place or you get this thing or you do whatever rather than doing that because doing that requires more resources and ultimately the brain is going to say, as great as that would be, I would really just prefer to think about it. Now, what, what that comes down to though is that as you're doing it over and over and over, that dopamine always comes down as we talk about. What goes up must come down. And as it comes down, you may be able to live on that dopamine experience for a little bit, but ultimately you're going to find yourself desiring for it again, wanting it again, feeling unfulfilled again, feeling burned out again, feeling the, the pressure, whatever is causing these thoughts in the first place again. And so you'll have another option. You can either move forward, take action, make a goal, or you move back into this desire and this one and this thought, which then leads back into this cycle. So you can kind of see how the cycle works. I'm not, I'm, I'm very unhappy with something in my life. I'm not very content, whatever that looks like. So then I have this desire. Then I have this dopamine, this dopaminergic experience. It requires very little resources at this time. I don't have to do a lot to, to achieve the dopamine. It's just there. Then the dopamine falls. Then I'm back in the place again. And so then my brain is wanting to get out of this bad place again. And so I'm, I'm just in this cycle. And so you can see as we we outline some of these examples how nasty this can be and the impact this can have uh, across your life. If you're working a job and you're very miserable in that job and you're constantly daydreaming of leaving it, but you're not moving in any way, not only are you living in a state of disconnect from reality, but when you are in reality, you're not a very happy person because you're still in the, the job that you don't like. Same thing for your health. You'd really prefer to change your health, but... Thinking about changing your health is way better than doing something about it in your mind. And so ultimately, you stay stuck in that cycle. And so we know that the brain would prefer it, but, but why do we do it? As I, as I mentioned earlier, most of the desires and the wants that we have as humans are a reflection of what we don't have. And not from like, oh man, I really want that boat, or oh man, I really want to live in this one place, but has more of a a thematic experience so whether you're looking for freedom or you're looking for autonomy or you're looking for power or you're looking for fun these really basic needs or wants um, whether that comes out of something like choice theory from William Glasser who, who discusses these five basic needs whether it comes out of just the you know different desires of the human heart Ultimately, these are things that we don't have in our life. And so then our brain is going to think of ways to achieve this. And so then it begins to create more value for the brain. So there's, there's the causes that we have an unmet need or unmet needs in some form or fashion. And so we're trying to find a way to meet that need as quickly as possible with as less effort as possible. And ultimately, that's how we end up in this cycle. But we see that when you're in this place and you're constantly living in your head and constantly living in your thought, there's a social impact of this 
it's quite profound. And I think there, there's two concepts in, in the social impact of the self-pleasure cycle or the mental masturbation. The first is the disconnect from reality. So when you are living in your head, you're constantly in your head, getting pleasure in your head, having little desire to be in your life in the first place, you're going to be very disconnected from the people around you. And so ultimately you're missing out on life. Life is passing you by, the world continues to turn, the tide comes in and out on the ocean, the sun comes up and down, and ultimately you're just in your head. And that in itself is a very isolated place to be and can push a lot of people away from you because you are living for yourself. You're living in your own mind rather than living for others or being with others. But I think the second thing we see and the more it's much more noticeable is the social impact it has around other people. We've all been in those conversations or with other people where the conversation is solely about what we want to do. I want to go here, or I want to go there, or I want to see this, or I want to have that, or I want... And so what happens is, is as one person begins to talk, that person gets some dopamine experiences going. These other people are starting to... Their mirror neurons are clicking. They're getting very fired up with it. And so now we're living in this kind of cesspool, if you will, of adulterated dopamine. And so that's these conversations that are solely focused on the wants that we want, but yet... There's no action to it. Now, I do want to preface that talking about your wants and desires is important. Whether you do it with your friend, whether you do it with your partner, whether you do it with your coworkers, wants and desires are very important to discuss because ultimately, if we don't acknowledge them, we're not going to move forward. But a conversation of saying, I want to go to the beach you know, on this day at this time, does anybody want to come? And saying, man, I want to be able to do this one day. I really want this to happen. And staying in that are two very different conversations. Because that first conversation is a very concrete conversation with the goal of identifying how you're going to do it. Whereas the second conversation is solely based on the wants and desires and doesn't move forward. And so, once again, there's nothing wrong with being in the wants and desires for a moment. But if you're constantly stuck there, you're in that nasty cycle. And I think it's so easy for us to get into this because ultimately we live in a a world that all we have to do is open our phone or open our computer and there is someone having a better day than you're having that day. Every day, no matter what you're doing. You want to ruin any awesome date? You want to ruin any awesome experience? You want to ruin any awesome vacation? Look Look in your phone because there is someone having a better date, a better vacation, a better experience and you are going to feel that somewhat unfulfilled because it's not as good as that other thing and so you then move into that world of I'm uncontent in this world and so what if I would have had this experience and so knowing that this is where that's coming from you've got to check that experience and be content in that experience we're going to talk a little bit more about what that looks like so we know that we have this, this self-pleasure cycle. We know that that self-pleasure cycle really is just you contemplating and thinking and ruminating on your wants and desires and the results of these wants and desires, yet there's no behavior change that occurs. The brain somewhat prefers it in the short term because it takes no resources and it's very dopaminergic. And ultimately, the reason you're in this place is because there's an unhappiness or an unfulfilled need or there's something missing in your life 
that then leads you into daydreaming into your own world and that disconnection will either push people away or it creates a world of conversations that are solely based on the wants and desires and little on the actions of what you want to do. And so then the question would be, how do you, how do you stop this? How do you stop living in this self-pleasure cycle? How do you stop mental masturbating all the time? Because ultimately, it keeps you from going anywhere. And I think there's a lot of really important skills you can take away, not only from what we're, you know from this podcast about stopping this this pleasure cycle. You know, the first one and the most consistent coping skill would be that mindfulness, just knowing your thought, just understanding what thoughts you're having. You know, knowing that hey, I am daydreaming because without that awareness, you're gonna just stay in it. Without the awareness of checking out, you're gonna know hey, I, I need to shift something here. So the first and foremost thing you must do is know that you're having these thoughts. The second one is understand the purpose of this thought. So why am I constantly daydreaming about wanting to become a rock climber? Or why am I constantly daydreaming about wanting to move to this place or to change this job or to gain this skill? What is the purpose? Not like, oh, it would be really cool or, oh, it would get me, you know, know, maybe it just gives me something to do. But there's a purpose in it, whether it creates power for you it creates fun for you it gives you autonomy in your life and freedom maybe it gives you love and belonging and fulfillment what what is the purpose of this thought because without identifying a purpose to what you're thinking there's very little value in it and so it's just this really basic dopamine experience dopamine thought with little value that's meeting a need for you in that moment I think another one important thing you can do is just make concrete goals. So if you're having this thought, ultimately, this initial thought, there's nothing wrong with this thought. It's when the thought is ruminating over and over and over. So one thing you can do is make very concrete goals about this want and desire. If this is a want and desire that you believe you're stuck in, that you believe you're contemplating all the time, then make a goal, make a concrete goal of how you're going to do it. So it's not, hey, I want to go be a rock climber, it's, hey, I want to go learn to rock climb at this class, or hey, I want to go learn to surf with these guys, or hey, I want to go fishing on this place, or hey, I want to go to this dance class, or I want to go to this. I I know my concrete goal. My concrete goal is I want to do blank. Not I want blank, but I want to do blank. That T-O-D-O, to do, that is so important in your thought, and that's a shift from the ruminating to doing. So rather than I want this, I want to do this. And so you're setting a goal. And then you make smart objectives for this goal. So I can sit all day and think about moving to Fiji. But unless I'm making, if this is something I really want to do, unless I'm making objectives of how I'm going to do that, whether it be financial objectives, you know, employment objectives, whatever that is, I'm just stuck in that ruminating thought. And so then, then I'm constantly living in that moment. So making good objectives. When you're in those social situations, don't talk about these desires and wants more than one time. So it's one thing to like talk about it with your spouse, like, hey, I would really like to go do this. I would really like to, I would really like to do something. But if I'm constantly just saying, 
oh, this would be so cool. Or, this is exciting. Or this is what I this is what I like. Or this is what I want. And that's the, the conversation. That needs to happen no more than one time. So if you've already told your friend what you wanted or your spouse what you've wanted, what is saying it again going to change? You're not going to get that energy back. You're not even going to get that conversation and time back. So what if you shifted that 10 minutes about you rather from complaining about where you're at or talking about what you want to identifying what you're going to do? It's a radical shift in your conversations and ultimately would change the dynamic of many of your friendship and spousal and coworker relationships and conversations by not staying in this mental masturbation, in this self-pleasure cycle and moving towards, hey, here's what I want to do. Or ultimately, you've already said it, so there's no reason to ruminate on it anymore. They know that. They may bring it up. Hey, I, you know, I know you wanted to go learn this skill. Are you doing it yet? Bridge into it, but not constantly going back to it. Talk or think about the actions that need to do you need to do for it. So if you have that desire to want to talk about it, maybe you're talking more about that action to get that experience from your friends or you're writing that down. So it's not, I want to go learn how to ballroom dance or it's not, I want to learn how to ballroom dance. It's, I want to go, I want to go to this place to learn this or I'm going to go there on Tuesday night to do this. And so you're starting to set these more concrete goals. So then that objective of, I need to sign up for this. I need to f- allocate time for this. I need to allocate finances for this. That changes how you're able to access that goal. Another one is check your expectations. A lot of times in the world of the mental masturbation or, or self-pleasure cycle, a lot of it's based on an expectation. You're fantasizing about an expectation that you would like to see occur in your life. An expectation that you're happy every day. An expectation that there's no conflict in your relationship. An expectation that you have freedom all the time. And so knowing what this expectation is, and is this even feasible, and how is this relating in your life? Because what can occur a lot of times is that we're mental masturbating to this thought of what we want to see occur in our life. It doesn't occur, but we set the expectation and now we're unfulfilled. And as we're unfulfilled, it just grows and grows and grows with unmet needs and the expectations get worse. And so then we want to live in our thoughts more. So not only do we find ourselves desiring and wanting, but then when we put it on other people, we put it on a situation, we then expect it to occur. And when that expectation doesn't occur, we're back in the cycle again. And then we're back into our heads again, disconnected from the world because the world didn't meet our expectations. So know your expectations. So to kind of recap that, know the thought, use mindfulness, use thought journals, use ways to know what you're thinking, know what thoughts you're having on a consistent basis. Know the purpose of that thought. What is this thought trying to do for you? Is it trying to solve a problem or is it trying to meet a need in some way? Are you making very concrete goals about this desire and want or are you just stuck in the want cycle? So is it wanting or is it wanting to do? Very different concepts. If you're in a social interaction, you're not talking about the want, the wants that you're having more than once. If you're having it anymore, you're solely talking about it from this is what I'm going to do now. These are the actions I'm going to have now, which is a very big shift in that way. You want to talk about the actions or write down the actions, write it down in your journal, write it down with other people, and then you want to check the expectations that you're having because ultimately the expectations are impacting that. 
So the self-pleasure cycle is beatable. You don't have to live this way. And you don't have to be disconnected from the world. Because the ramifications of you living in this pleasure cycle is a lack of change. And as we said earlier, the whole reason you're in this place is a lack of contentment. Now, one thing I would say that if you're not going to make some of these huge changes overnight. You know, if you don't like your job, you're not going to fix your job issue overnight. There's things that's got to happen. If you don't, you know, like the way you look, you're not going to shift your entire body overnight. So it's knowing that you've also got to find a way to be in the moment. And that's the second concept of this. The first concept, know how to stop that thought, how to stop the cycle. But then the second thing is what do you do once it stopped? And that is you've got to be present. You've got to live in the moment. And there comes a form of contentment that you must have to be in the moment. Now, contentment is not complacency. So just because I'm content with something doesn't mean I'm complacent. It doesn't mean I don't want to change. It doesn't mean I don't want to see something different. But I'm okay with where I'm at for today. And that is a big shift that your mind can have from I don't like where I'm at, I don't like what I'm doing, so I want to do something different. And so I think about all the things that I want to do different compared to I'm okay with where I'm at, but I do want I, or maybe I'm content with where I'm not I'm okay, I'm content. I understand this is where I'm at, but I know I need to change and I'm not going to be complacent. So when you feel this unhappiness, when you feel this lack of fulfillment, when you feel these unmet needs, when you feel this burned out and this frustration, there is definitely going to be some uncomfortability. And you may not feel content in that moment. But you can't accept where you're at. And when, I, when you accept something, I think there's contentment in it because you know there's not a lot of change you can do in that moment. And you begin to move forward with a change. I know it sounds kind of paradoxical to talk about contentment and change in the same conversation. Because when we're saying that we're content with things, there's, you know, we would believe there's not really a desire to make a shift. But I think for many people who are content, they, want to, they would love to see different things in their lives. They want to do different things. But they're content in this moment. And they know that Whenever that move's going to happen, it's going to happen. And all they can do is focus on the things that they're going to do in that moment. So knowing the purpose allows you to not only change the thought itself, understand what you're trying to achieve, but find contentment in what you have, which then leads you to some calmness and peacefulness in that moment which then would allow you to be more present. And then by being more present, you can make a change. This cycle ultimately is where many of us stay in the desire for change. I've been there. I stay there at times, different things I want to do in my life. I just stay in this constant cycle. I stay in this constant ruminating thought, this daydreaming world. And ultimately, whether it's due to numb at need or it's due to a lack of contentment, whatever that may be in my life, I know that. And I think that's for many people. And so you've got to make that shift of being content in what you have 
knowing that there are things that you do you want to achieve in your life but you're not going to live it in your head and you're going to move forward doing something different once again the self-pleasure cycle is beatable because if you don't change it you're never going to move forward and you're going to constantly spend your life in your head rather than in the moment